Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Good morning on Super Saturday. We're getting ready for a very full day of action from America's National Park of Speed. Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam and John Hindorf on duty as ever today. Three Musketeers? I don't know. Three Motorsport Musketeers, all for one and one for a great race. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you for joining us at IMSA Radio. If you'd like to get in touch, we'll start today with incredibly, as we've been here for so far through the week, the first outing for IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge this weekend. They've got a very busy day with two free practices and qualifying before they finish off our racing weekend tomorrow uh, with the last race on Sunday. There's an hour on the clock. We'll get down to Pit Lane and Shay Adam and kick off this Saturday that is packed full of action live here on IMSA Radio. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Good morning to Shay Adam in the pit lane. Uh, temperature a little cooler than it was yesterday. Not quite as windy, but it's still coming up the front straight at your back for turn one. And a pit lane share that is already filling up with IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge cars. Hello and good morning. Yes, it is quite full of Michelin Pilot Challenge cars because these guys have been here for a couple of days now. And it is their first opportunity to see what they've got on the track. We've got a line of seven, eight cars now in the fast lane waiting to go straight out onto the track, having not even come into their pit boxes to see where those are. But we have a car that has completely changed. The last time we saw VGRT and their red and white machine, it did not have the flashes of light blue on it because it was a Honda. Now it is magically transformed into a Hyundai. And an exciting thing for this team, Victor Gonzalez, still the team principal, still behind the wheel of the car, but he's brought in a newbie. And I'm so delighted to welcome to the airways of IMSA Radio, Christian Pericarpi. Welcome to this series. I know you've been following Michelin Pilot Challenge for a long time, but what's it like to have a fire suit on? I know you got a helmet and a race car with your name. Um, it's a... Uh... I'm breaking up here, but uh, I was just asking, Dad, is is this real life? Because I've been here my whole life, my whole childhood, and uh, yeah, it's really weird being suited up and prepared to go out on track. So I'm really, really excited, and it's uh, I got to thank Victor and Ruben and Edna and everybody at uh, VGRT. I got a call last Monday asking me if I wanted to drive, and I thought it was a prank call at first. I was like, I had to check the phone. So no, it's been amazing, and I'm super excited and. Um, yeah, just ready to go. Pumped. Have you ever actually driven this car? No, and I've never driven a TCR car. So, I, so I, I drive a TC car, an SRO, that's very similar to this, but it's H-pattern. So it's a mini, 
so it's shorter wheelbase. So this will be a little different, but I, I'm expecting that it, it will work out. They're all race cars in the end. Yeah, good luck this weekend. I can't wait to talk to you by the end of the race. Thank you. Thank you. Share Adam with a very happy try. Isn't that isn't isn't that lovely, Jeremy? A great story. And as you just said in my ears there, doesn't he sound like Luis's dad, who's here as well, by the way, as the green flag flies. Good morning, Mr. Shaw. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, he'll be here. <laughs> no, that's great for Christian. He, he's he's uh, he's you know, done fair bit of racing now over the last couple of three years and just sort of making opportunities happen for himself. Mm. Great little personality, uh, hard worker. He's, he's helped uh, with, with his dad's team, LAP Motorsports, uh, the run to the, the, the minis primarily for the last well, handful of years or more, uh, amongst other cars. So he's been around racing his whole life, and he's shown in the in the race he has done that he has speed so this is a great opportunity for him and um yeah I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about that car is it a new car is it a is it one of the herder cars or or what have you but um i i, I tried to find victor last night but there that because today on this session is their first time on track this weekend uh, by the time i ran there last night they uh, the transporter was all locked up so i didn't get a chance to to find them but exciting news for that entire team i mean boy they're, they're, they're a hard-working team there uh, for for Victor, Victor Gonzalez has put together, and they've had all sorts of dramas with that with that Honda this season, um, and the, the car's always been fast, mm. but getting it to the end of the race has been the problem, uh, and and you know, that's one of the reasons why the, the new uh, FL5 version has come on stream um, this year, and it's been run by the LA Honda World team very successfully so far in terms of pace but not yet probably having the, the results it probably deserves. They have had a couple of, of podium finishes, but uh, they've been on pole for every race except for one this season with that team. So they'll be looking to... Uh, I think they'll probably gladly give up a pole if, uh, if it meant they could come away with a win. Uh, and as far as the championship situation in both GS and TCR, it's a while since we've had GS and TCR together, of course. We had TCR on their own at Lime Rock last time out. Before that, it was... Detroit for the GS runners. So the full 38 car field uh, back together again. And with those two uh, single uh, races, uh, single um, class, class races. Yes. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> Haven't had a cup of coffee this no, morning. Really. Um, uh, then um, it was, you know, it was been a bit odd not uh, seeing that. I thought they both worked, I have to say, and were tremendously exciting. Um in different ways, but certainly enjoyed them both. How do the championships stand? Well, yeah, in uh, in GS, the uh, Kenny Murillo, Christian Shimjak, Mercedes from Murillo Racing, have got a uh, a pretty comfortable lead now by uh, Mission Pilot Challenge standards. They lead by 170 points over Robbie Foley and Vin Barletta, who are driving one of the two Turner Motorsport BMWs. In this race, about 60 points behind them are Tom Collingwood and Spencer Pompelli, who've been kind of flying underneath the radar screen this year, but are still in, in contention there. And they're just ahead of the RS1, similar Porsche 718 GT4 RSCS, uh, of uh, Stephen McAleer and Eric Filgaris, who've had a couple of podium finishes. But um, it's, been a, it's been a wide open season in GS. I mean, everybody has had pro problems at, at, at least in one race. And there's only two teams that, uh, that have two, three teams that have uh, two podium finishes on the season, 
which is pretty remarkable having had mm. six races into the books already. Generally, there's somebody got more than that. So it's been wide, absolutely wide open. In TCR, uh, it's similarly wide open because although it's, it's the two teammates, the two of the Brian Herder Autosport with Kirk Agajani and Hyundai Elantras lead the points table. Mason Philippi and uh, Mark Wilkins lead the way at the moment in the uh, number 33 car. Excuse me, number nine. Excuse me, number ninety-eight car. Uh, Merson Philippi and Mark Wilkins. They lead by ten points over their teammates Harry Gottsecker and Robbie Wickens in the number thirty-three car. Uh, and then uh, hundred points behind them is Chris Miller uh, and Mikey Taylor in the in the JDC Miller Motorsports Audi RS3 LMS. Uh, and not too far behind them also are Roy Block and Tim Lewis Jr. in the fan favourite Alfa Romeo, car number five. So uh, it's pretty wide open there. And the Manufacturers Championship is particularly wide open in TCR. Uh, we've had uh, Honda is the only manufacturer that hasn't yet won a race this season, but does have five pole positions out of six races. Uh, but it's Hyundai that leads now by just 40 points over Audi. Uh, and they took the lead just after the last round, which was... Uh, at Lime Rock Park, the uh, TCR-only race a few weeks ago. And four races to go for each yes. of the categories, for both of the categories. Now, which we, So we've now levelled up, and we're basically on the run to Mathilde Petit Le Mans. Yeah. We, we do have the uh, wonder of the VIR GT-only weekend, always a fabulous event. There is the four-hour race uh, still to come as the Battle on the Bricks takes to Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, on the Saturday night of that inaugural IMSA weekend in the current iteration of IMSA uh, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway later in the year. So still that long race to come. We don't normally uh, go this far through the year with the second four-hour race still to come. Bit of a battle breaking out on track down at Turn 5. One of the Team TGM cars uh, with the uh, racing for RP Mustangs as well in there, all sort of drafting each other and having a bit of a battle down towards Turn 5. I'll say this again um, for those of you who were just joining us early this morning, uh, either here at the track, what an alarm clock these uh, motor cars are. 87.9 FM uh, this Weekend, as always. Um, this is the first time these cars have been on track uh, this weekend. We're already in the Super Saturday. Uh, and uh, WeatherTech is finished its practice, uh, as is uh, Mazda. Uh, and uh, Lamborghini still have qualifying to go. In fact, Mazda have done qualifying as well, haven't they? So yeah. Mazda have finished everything apart from their races. Uh, WeatherTech have finished everything apart from qualifying. Same with Lambo. And Basically, Saturday is Michelin Pilot Challenge Day, yeah. really, in terms of how many times they're on the track. Well, well and, and or arguably the main race tomorrow, because uh, yeah. that, that's the, the, the final event of the weekend, and it's going to be a cracker tomorrow afternoon. Uh, oh, yeah, make the, sure you the stay for race is in the morning, at 10.10 in the morning, uh, and then the uh, Pilot Challenge race starts at 2.55, and uh, a two-hour race, and we've seen some absolutely superb races this season in the Pilot Challenge. And even the last round at uh, Lime Rock Park for TCRs only. That was 100 minutes rather than 120. But it was a really exciting race, and it was, it was uh, to, to, to and fro all the way through it. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, with the, with the GS cars 
added to the mix and their usual excitement, it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow afternoon. Yes, and let's just hope uh, that uh, the weather holds out for us. Yeah, a few other tweaks to the to the regular entry list. Uh, talking of the the LA Honda World team, the number thirty seven and the number seventy three. Uh, as I said, they've had nothing but bad luck this season, so they've decided. I, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody about it, but I, I presume the reason is uh, to to try and turn the, the luck cycle around. They've switched their drivers around. They've swapped. swapped uh, Ryan Eversley and Matt Pombo were driving together in number 37 car, uh, while, while uh, Do- Dr. Will Talley and uh, Mike Lamara, former series champion, were, were sharing number 73 car. Well, now they've switched around, so Mike Lamara is going to join Matt Pombo in the number 37 and Ryan Eversley across to the 73. So uh, hopefully that'll turn their luck around. Uh, they're, they're all all pretty quick drivers. Dr. Will Talley uh, isn't certainly as experienced as the other three, but he's a he's a, a, a reliable contender, and and he and Mike Lamara have had a really good season so far. I mean, they've they got themselves up into sixth in the points table, uh, and they're only only twenty points out of fourth. So it's been a good year for them. They started off the season at the four-hour race at Daytona with a, with a second place, uh, and since then they've had another couple of top fives, a couple of top fours even. So it's been a good good year for that car, and they are ahead of their more well-known teammates by 150 points coming into this weekend. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see. Also a change in number 56 car, which is in the GS class. Generally, it's uh, Jeff Mosing and Eric Foss sharing that car, and they've had a huge amount of success over the years together. Well, unfortunately, uh, a big accident last weekend for Jeff Mosing has put him out of action again, certainly for this weekend, and undetermined yet for the rest of the season but Jeff we hope to see you back here again very very soon and uh, in in his place instead this weekend is a youngster from New Zealand uh, called Ryan Yardley who's uh, had a lot of success at Formula Fords back home in New Zealand he came up here this year well he's been up here for a couple of years driving in the in the uh, FR America series with the uh, with with uh, the Crosslink Kiwi team and this year has switched across to Porsche Carrera Cup North America so we'll be, you know, he's familiar to, to some IMSA fans because of that, has some pretty good results for top racing and because of that relationship with top racing which is who Jeff also drives for in the Porsche Carrera Cup North America and who, with whom he had the accident last week, that is how Ryan has got this opportunity to drive this car this weekend so his first time ever in a GT4 car. The only other car he's driven with a roof over his head is the Porsche he's racing this season and had some good results. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he uh, copes with this car this weekend. Uh, so, 10 minutes in, and we've had most of the cars out, at least for an out and around lap, if not a flying lap. So we're not going to talk about times on the screens at the moment, but Jeremy has a note of lapped record times, which uh, in some ways, I suppose, the Mission Pilot Challenge runners are coming into this weekend on Saturday as they have, have at least not had 
suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous grip uh, that we had uh, yesterday for some of the uh, other championships and they have a, a track that's evolved a little bit in terms of the rubber being laid down so maybe they're starting from a slightly uh, better position and with a bit of luck and a fair wind uh, they should have the track at its very best on Sunday afternoon if the weather doesn't interfere so what sort of times should we be looking for these guys to aspire to at least Jeremy well the, the goal I suppose would have been the, the the outright qualifying lap record which was set back in 2020 by Nate Stacey who's driving the Lamborghini race this weekend in an Aston Martin a 2 minutes 16.0 but forget that because uh, on lap uh, 3 this morning Robin Adele has gone almost a full second faster than that at a 2.15.1 in the Rebel Rock Chevrolet Camaro and we've seen how how fast that car is uh, this season on on a fairly regular basis Uh, and uh, but that's a stunning lap right out of the box for for Robin although he's actually just been eclipsed by Kenton Cook in kind of a 92 that's the uh, the uh, the BMW run by rand- Random Vandals Racing making another kind of one-off debut. That's uh, the second race of the season for that car. They're also at uh, Daytona earlier this year. So Kenton sharing with Paul Sparta. Uh, lots of enthusiasm there, and we know how good Kenton Cook is. But he's just under 2.49 on lap five in that car. So welcome back to that team, and, and welcome back towards the, uh, well, right at the front of the field for Kenton Cook. In, t- in TCR, the lap record is uh, a 2 minutes 19.7, which was actually set way back in 2019 by Shelby Blackstock ah. in a Honda Civic. Last year's poll was almost identical, 219.722 by Tim Lewis Jr. in the, uh, in the Alpha. He qualified the car last year. Was it a four, was it longer race here last year? I can't remember. No. Um, but um, already... In this session, yeah, that record has been eclipsed uh, by, first of all, by Denis Dupont, who did a 2.89 in number 15 car, and then by by Matt Pombo, again, this driving driving number 73 Honda Civic for LA Honda World, uh, and he has turned a 2 minutes 18.8. So again, that's almost a full second underneath the old lap record. Uh, and the, the, the fastest lap from last year's race in TCR was a 2.21.1. Um, so he's just on a 2.18.8. Uh, right. <laughs> so, yeah, a bit quicker. Can't remember what the weather conditions were like. In the ra- I, I think in the race we had a bit of wet last year, so that uh, may be... Uh, probably did. Maybe we did. It definitely weren't in the WeatherTech races, Eve is just reminding me. At 2.14.9, then, is the mark for Kenton Cook. Uh, Robin Liddell with two fastest sectors to... The Camaro's nip. Last time we'll see that Camaro here. This is its farewell tour, if you will. And what a servant it's been for Rebel Rock Racing before that Stevenson Racing. Robin Liddell been involved with that programme pretty much since its inception. Where, where to for Rebel Rock next year? Oh, I heard squealing of tyres there. Uh, on the circuit, which normally means somebody has uh, dropped it somewhere. Can't see anyone and nothing from race control just at the moment. BMW, Camaro, BMW, Porsche, Toyota, Aston, 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 McLaren and Mustang in the top ten. So a reasonable spread. It's the Mercedes at the moment 
that aren't uh, bothering the sharp end of the timing screen. No, that'll probably change. Yes. The, 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 I did the see Porsches, it the <laughs> yes, exactly, you did well chosen words. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the Porsches have been struggling a little bit of late uh, in this championship. The BOP are not really working in their favour. They have got a bit of a break this weekend, though. They've got uh, 20 kilos taking, taken off the minimum weight of those cars. So that car, uh, compared, let's say, to the Mercedes, it's 100 kilograms lighter than the uh, Mercedes. Um, and 115 kilograms lighter than the BMW, uh, for example. So uh, it's it's a, it's a you know it's a much smaller car, the Porsche. It's pretty quick through the air. It'll be interesting to see how that car can perform this weekend with those changes. Uh, Stephen McAleer or, already up into the top four positions. Right behind him is an interesting name, Diego Azar, in kind of a 14. He's driving that to Toyota Supra Evo for Ave Motorsports. That's the Toyota Gazoo Racing South America initiative. Uh, no, no, Alfredo Nagy and, and Thiago Camilo uh, generally share that car. Neither of them is here this weekend. Diego Azar, who's supposed to make his debut last year but didn't for some reason, I can't remember why. He's from Argentina uh, alongside the Paraguayan Marco Galanti, who will be. Uh, Drive. He's, a, he's better known for his rally driving, actually, is Diego, uh, excuse me, is Marco Galanti. Diego Azar has been racing in the, the top race V6 series with a lot of success. Won that championship a couple of years ago. He's uh, 28 years of age and uh, already showing very, very well here for his first time fifth position. And down in the pit lane is the guy who was fastest overall a little while ago, Shay Adam. I've managed to come across one of the fastest men on track so far this morning. Robin Liddell didn't take you very long to get back up to full speed around this place. We were joking yesterday in passing about the chance of rain because it was a very famous victory for Rebel Rock here in the rain. Now it looks like the rain is sort of pushing back a bit. Does that make you feel happier knowing that the car that you're setting up today is likely the race car that you'll have for the race? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you love the rain and blah, blah, blah. But I, I always I refute that immediately. I don't like driving in the rain. I, I think when you have opportunity to go forwards or, or shine in the rain, it can be quite good. But there's all, always the opportunity to look really horrible in the rain. You make one mistake and that's it. So it, it, it punishes very hard quickly. And so I don't necessarily enjoy driving in the rain like that. We had a great win here, obviously, a few years ago. And, you know, it was... Uh, it was a lot of fun, and it continues still to, to be fun in a lot of ways that we had that result on that day the way we did. But in any case, every race is a new race, and um, here we are again. I mean, obviously, the track's super smooth. I know probably a lot's been said about the track already. Uh, we walked the track last night, and you can see the way the aggregate is. You can see where the grip's going to be. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a smooth, lovely smooth surface, so it feels very nice. I think it could entice you into getting a bit overzealous quite quickly because of how smooth and how good it feels initially to drive on. But clearly, you've got to be a little bit careful on it here and there. So um, I've listened to all the comments, and the car was very good straight out of the box. So I'm not hanging around. There's no, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is at this point in time, and I'm sure everybody's going to catch up. Yeah, that was lap record pace, so definitely not hanging about, but the track is so much faster for everybody. We're seeing it in TCR as well, so we know it's not just you guys who's, who's got the extra horsepower here. This is a track that favors the front-engine car, though, and this is the last opportunity for the Camaro to race at Road America. Do you feel like there's any more importance to get it a final win here? Well, look, I mean, I'm pushing as hard as I can, as I always do, but 
in particular, obviously, I really hope that we can get a result before the end of the year. I mean, it's, 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 this is the end of a legacy, really. I mean, I've run, I've driven and raced Camaros every every Camaro really in the modern era since 2010, and um, it's it's a shame in a way that it's coming to an end. But everything comes to an end, and yeah, we'd love to get a win in the final year. I mean, we had a great car at most sport, it was fast there, finished second in the end on uh, you know got promoted to second, and that was a great result. But I'd love to get a win, of course I would. Uh, we haven't really, to be honest, had great success here in the past with a car other than that win in the, in the rain. But I think we've got a good car at the moment and everybody's functioning well on the team. And I think we're just going to, I'm going to give it everything I've got in these last few races, as, as obviously I always do. But I'd love to get a result. I'd love to get a win before the end of the year. And uh, that's, my, that's my number one goal. Competitors need to be wary of that when you're talking about going for a win because we know that you know how to get those. Now, it's in the middle of silly season. We're starting to heat up. You mentioned the fact that you've driven Camaros for such a long time. There is no option for a Camaro next year. You guys thinking about the future and, and planning ahead to try and find some way to maybe keep a bow tie on your chest? Uh, well, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I mean, it was something, you know, we talked, or GM had talked to us, actually, for the last two years about it, really, since mid-Ohio, 23 years, really. It's been, it's been discussed, and, uh, you know, we went to the factory in December and sat in the car, and Frank sat in the car and thought it was pretty cool. We'd looked at it pretty closely. Uh, in the end, there wasn't a car really available for us, and so it's kind of forced us to look for something else. I mean, not to say that we couldn't come back to Chevy in the future. Um, we've had a lot of great success with them, and especially working with, obviously, GM and Chevrolet, GM Racing, but Pratt & Miller in particular. Um, a, lot of, a lot of good years with those guys, and a lot of great relationships and a lot of success combined. And it's a shame in a way it's coming to an end, but we've got to find something new. And in the end, we go racing. And as you know, it's every weekend's a new race and a new opportunity. So you can't dwell in the past and look in the past. You've got to look forwards. We're talking and evaluating different GT4 manufacturers for next year. We're getting closer to decision. Um, and we're also looking at the possibility of doing the long races next year in a GT3 car if that opportunity presents itself correctly. So that's something we're working on at the moment and it's gaining some traction, to be honest. And it's what we'd like to do. Um, but there's quite a lot of pieces, obviously, that need to happen to make that a reality. So there's a lot going on at Rebel Rock and, um, you know, no, uh, no, no customer plans right now. But... Uh, I think, you know, as long as obviously Frank is wanting to continue and is getting better and improving, we want to continue providing the right opportunities for him personally and also for the team. So that's where we're at, really. I love that Rebel Rock's still rocking. Uh, just to clarify, was it the GT3 or the GT4 car that you went and sat in? Uh, the GT3 Corvette. Nice. Yeah, so the car is a lovely car. I mean, it looks great. Obviously, Pratt. You know, we've had a bunch of new cars from them over the years, and, and I was fortunate enough to be part of the Corvette program for a short period in 2014. And you know, they're just uh, they're just a great group. And uh, as I say, they've done a lot of great work for us over the years, and I'm sure they're going to do a great job with a new Corvette GT3 car. Um, I know it's doing a bunch of testing, and it would have been nice for us to be in that program, and it had all the right fits in many regards but in the end it just wasn't meant to be and you just got to look for something else you know where, where you're going to go with it so it's fine we'll find something and uh like i say it's going to be a fun fun situation whatever we do i think so well four more opportunities to get a win for the bow tie good luck robin thanks a lot appreciate it and thank you for the elongated chat i know you got to go back to coaching duties <laughs> always great to hear the scotsman speaks a lot of sense 
BRDC member as well, British Racing Drivers Club member as well. I'm very proud to wear that badge on his racing overalls. So interesting there, Jeremy. Rebel Rock looking to, to step up for next year into GT3, into the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, but um, no cars available for them to do that. Uh, Robin talking about potentially staying um, in, in, in that Michelin. Wasn't, that wasn't what I... That's what he's just said. Okay. Um, can only take him at his word. So. Do you, do you say that? Yeah. Uh, and so the question would be for me, and maybe we'll grab Robin later on in the weekend again, do they stay in Pilot Challenge? Well, that's what he said he was going to do, is stay in Pilot Challenge and maybe dabble, uh, dip a turn of water in GT3. Yeah. Is what, I, what I've read, read into yeah. what and, but, but he said that they'd gone for a GT3 uh, look around at the end of last year and were expecting, were hoping to get one, and they haven't had one. That's, that was exactly what he said. Um, so it does mean they're going to change manufacturer, but it sounds to me as though they're not going away. That's oh yeah, yeah. you know no, that's, that's that was that was uh, that's you know that's the major takeaway yeah. from yeah, that. And, and coming off a second place finish last time out uh, at Canadian Time Motorsport Park for that team, and Robbie got fastest lap during that race. So you know, they're on a little bit of a roll at the moment. They had a, a, a third place finish earlier in the season as well. So uh, you know it's they're. they're, they're Handily within the top ten in the points table, in a in a very stacked field yeah. in GS this season. So it's been a lot of fun following them. We've got Good. two BMWs at the front right now. It's still that time set by Kenton Cook remains fastest. It's kind of a ninety-two for Random Vandals Racing. Uh, the Robbie Foley number ninety-six Turner Motorsport BMW currently second in the points table, despite a uh, a, a, a problem last time out. Uh, in their most recent race north of the border. They were involved in an incident up there. Uh, second fastest, uh, just fractionally behind, 0 0.058 to be precise between those two. Now, the, and you talked about Mercedes getting up to speed. Well, Scott Andrews has done exactly that in the number 27 car for Lone Star Racing. He's moved up into third place at a 2 minutes 15.064, so only a tenth of a second off the two BMWs. Hello to Robert Bester, listening in the UK, in England. Uh, at the moment, it's uh, just coming up to half two over there. Central England uh, with torrential rain uh, earlier on today. If the pictures from Silverstone were anything to go by, still means uh, the grass will be going nicely. So always nice to know. <laughs> <laughs> that storm that passed through here the other, the other well, I think you have almost certainly took some trees down here I mean the, the big yeah. tree down in the uh, right by the medical centre yeah I'd, I'd heard that uh, people trying to get I was telling you they were trying to get out of the uh, of the paddock yesterday to get out of the track they couldn't get out of the track because the, the whole road was blocked here and the various other exits were, weren't open so they had a hard time getting out of the Re race really good recovery work by everybody here uh, more than the odd one or two awnings uh, went for a burden and some of the vendors having to do a bit of remedial, more than well, a bit of remedial bit, work. Yeah, you've got to feel the style aesthetic. You, you, you do a lot of apparel, and uh, one of the you know, top manufacturers of supplies of, uh, of gear for teams and fans. And uh, they're based in, in Milwaukee, and um, the Welks are, are here. And there, I gather their display thing was destroyed the other uh, night. So I, I saw, yeah, I saw I saw the pictures on uh, yeah, Saturday yeah. morning when they came in. Stephen Heidi, uh, great job yeah. getting it all sorted out and well. Uh, uh, by the way, just proof again 
of the community that we have yeah. in the IMSA paddock because um, Steve and Heidi were very quick to acknowledge and thank uh, the many offers of help that they'd had from uh, other vendors, teams, uh, and even spectators as well in helping them get back into uh, some kind of shape to do a bit of business this weekend. Uh, well done, everybody, for pulling together. Only what I would expect, to be honest, um, but it, it's not always the case, is it? So it uh, deserves uh, a mention and to be uh, recognised. We're coming down to halfway through this session. A couple of improvements last time around. Todd Coleman yeah, in the impressive. Aston Martin Vantage GT. That is impressive. That's the Archangel Motorsports entry, primarily green car, green and black, uh, the main colours on that car. And uh, Todd Coleman, who's pulling double duty this weekend, driving also in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo, so he'll be up for qualifying for that in about an hour and a half or so. Uh, and uh, that's a fine effort. He's going to be sharing... Well, he's sharing both cars, actually, with Billy Johnson. Uh, and Billy Johnson got that... Uh, finally was credited with that win at uh, Canadian Time Motorsport Park after some exclusions of other cars. Uh, but it was a tremendous performance. Uh, driving a Toyota, he was then, uh, for the Shigiaki Hattori Motorsport team, along with Parker Thompson. So they, they were credited with the victory at the end, uh, after the race was com concluded. So they didn't really get a chance to celebrate properly. But uh, Billy now back in the Aston Martin uh, and the Lamborghini this weekend. So he's a, he's a busy boy these days. It's great to see him having these opportunities because... He's another guy who's worked hard for these uh, openings for himself. That's a great lap by Todd Coleman. Fifth fastest, 2 minutes 15.2, within three tenths of a second of the fastest time. Um, assuming that is Todd in the car, he's certainly been getting quicker and quicker. Um, so whether it's he or Billy Johnson in that car at the moment, I'm not 100% sure. But wh whoever it is, that's a good lap time right up towards the sharp end of the field. Yeah, very good. Uh, TCR, it's an Audi on top at the moment. Yeah. Uh, also improving last time around, another GS car. Uh, just before pitting, let me scroll down. I've got a different timing screen today, so I'm just getting used to it. Uh, Jensen Altsman improved just before he pitted the Ford Mustang number 13. Alpha Juliet, the second in TCR. Roy behind the wheel of that, Roy Block. And further down the timing, uh, that looks like... Uh, scroll across to the Cabot Bigham, who has just improved in the 74 Hyundai as well. 14 TCRs, 24 GSs. That's a, it's not the biggest field we've had, but it's it's uh, mighty impressive, Jeremy. And it, yeah. it's that I would say that's been about the average all yeah. year, about 14 and and 24, 25. So it's been a pretty it's been a pretty good season. You get a, f a few cars coming in at different races if they are local, and obviously the longer race at Daytona, and we'll see what the uh, be a couple of weeks before we see what the entry is for the four-hour race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway is. But uh, I know of at least a, a couple of cars that are talking about coming back for that. Yeah, no, the last couple of uh, of races where both series have been racing. Uh, Canadian Time Motorsport Park and Watkins Glen with a total of 35 cars, so 38 here, uh, and um, it, you know, great, great to see a really, really good turnout for, for what is always an exciting race around here. So uh, good, you know, good to see 
some Virage up at the front. We've got two BMWs, a Mercedes, a Chevrolet, and Aston Martin, all covered by less than three tenths of a second at the moment. Best of the Porsches, uh, just uh, a tenth or so behind that, a couple of tenths maybe behind that. Uh, Eric Filgueris in kind of a 28 for RS1, also Spencer Papelli in kind of an 83 for, for BGB Motorsports. Those two, as usually, as usual, very, very closely matched, just uh, 0.031 of a second between those two Porsches right now. Uh, let's go to Shea, who can answer a few questions about who was in what car doing which lap time. Shea, what have you got for us? Well, I can tell you right now, that's the sound of an Aston Martin pulling into its pit box for Archangel Motorsports, Todd Coleman Racing. Todd Coleman walking around the car to get in. Billy Johnson is getting out, so it was Billy's time. I'll hang out here to see if we can't grab a word with Billy, because we didn't give him that winning interview for now holding the most number of wins in this series, separate from everybody else. But we did have a couple of driver changes that we haven't talked about yet. LA Honda World. They have put Matt Pombo with Dr. Will Talley. So this weekend, Matt Pombo is in the blue Honda, and the red one has Mike Lamara and Ryan Eversley. So they have swapped around their driver lineup for this weekend. I don't know if it's going to be that way for the entire season going forward, but for now, at least, that is how it is. And also this morning, walking down the pit lane, I got waved at by a guy wearing a Turner Motorsport bright yellow fire suit didn't really occur to me that there was anything strange about that because there are two cars and four drivers for Turner Motorsport and then I realized I was nowhere near the Turner box it's Patrick Gallagher he said he got the call up very last minute to fill in for Moisey Uretsky so he'll be driving at Aston Martin in the race tomorrow and he is still wearing his Turner fire suit because now Patrick is doing double duty this weekend so watch out for his name alongside the number 44. Thank you, Shay. Good intelligence. Jeremy scribbles away on his uh, notes there. Yeah, that'll be worth watching. Oh, he yes. Michael Cooper uh, sharing that car together. Moisey ha- had a uh, a pretty good weekend, did he, last year? In, last week in the Porsches here? I did. Or was he? I yeah, remember. podiums. Does he? Did he? Yeah, okay. Good in the, uh, pro-am, in the uh, pro-am class. Good. Um, so, uh, yeah, he and Michael Cooper, Patrick Gallagher and Michael Cooper, that is going to be worth watching here. And... Uh, I'm sure Patrick didn't have a pole position here a couple of years ago as well. So he knows his way around. In a Mustang, was that a big? Uh, Aston Martin. Huh? Right. Uh, for the Nutland team, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't remember where it yeah, was well remembered, Jeremy. Well, sort of, kind of. Uh, um, uh, and uh, another change, by the way, in the, the number 70 car, the, the second of the Daily Motorsports cars, uh, it's uh, Cabot Bigham and, and Jordan Wisely. In, in one car, and then the number 70 car is um, is Bob Diley's son, uh, Jacob, who, who's just uh, the youngest driver in the field at 17 years of age. He's going to be sharing that car this weekend with uh, uh, Sally McNulty, who's done quite a bit of racing in the uh, SRO series in various championships, and she's hooked up here with that team for this weekend, so making her debut in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series. She's from Arizona. She calls herself an influencer, apparently a social media influencer. I'm sorry, uh, that term I still find <laughs> very bizarre. But she said, but having said that, I had a nice chat to her last 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 uh, last evening. And coincidentally, she and Jacob both share the same birthday, which was just last week. So happy birthday to the two of them. Uh, and she, you know, she makes her money to go racing through that social media stuff. So yeah, all credit. 
Well, now it's time for the winning interview from CTMP because Billy Johnson finally climbed out of an Aston Martin. Now, you were in a Toyota the last time we saw you in GS. How difficult is it to bounce back and forth between all these different GT4 cars? Uh, not that difficult. Uh, every car is different, but just like every track's different, you learn to adapt and uh, work on just uh, the task at hand. But, yeah, really thankful for uh, Wayne's and uh, uh, everybody at Tory Motorsports for the opportunity to, to drive for them. Uh, I was driving with Todd all year here at uh, the uh, Todd Coleman Racing Archangel Motorsports Aston Martin, but Todd made a, a pre-commitment before he entered the IMSA series to race with Kyle Marcelli. Uh, so Todd's just an amazing stand-up guy, keeping his word to uh, to everybody. So I definitely respected that decision. And uh, fortunately, it worked out because I got the opportunity to drive for Hattori. And uh, that was just uh, amazing. Like, everybody came together. I think uh, myself and only the, the team manager had IMSA or road racing experience. So just to band together with uh, a bunch of uh, people who are great at what they do but new to Road racing, new to IMSA, uh, was just a dream come true to be able to uh, bring home that win for uh, for Parker. That was his first uh, race and win in the series. Same thing for uh, Hattori Motorsports. Do you think we're going to see that outfit again? That's a good question. Uh, right now, I'm just focused on this weekend, so uh, I'm not. I can't answer that at the moment. <laughs> very fair. Now you're familiar with winning here, Mike Johnson, who's on the box for you. Very familiar with winning here as well. The whole team sort of has this good vibe to it. Do you think that maybe Archangel Motorsport can break through and get a first podium this weekend? That's obviously the goal. So uh, we have a little bit of work ahead of us at the moment, but uh, that's what we do. We put our head down and uh, try to figure stuff out and make cars go faster. Good luck this weekend. You're really good at that. Thank you. Uh, tricky job, the jump between <laughs> this car and the Lamborghini, uh, I would have thought. But Billy taking it in his stride and, oh, yes, not our surprise faces here in the IMSA broadcast <laughs> centre at Roads America. Uh, what a pro and what a servant to the sport. Look, you know, he's he's done a lot of races. He's got a lot of experience. He still does it with a smile on his face for 99.9% of the time. Uh, wish him all the best. Great to have Billy back uh, in the uh, in the championships. And paying it forward as well with uh, doing a bit of coaching and mentoring as well, Jeremy, which is uh, always good to see with the experienced drivers. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's been uh, d done a lot of that over the years and, and you created more opportunities for himself and had a little chat with he and uh, Todd Coleman yesterday. They're sharing this car, obviously. They're also sharing a Lamborghini in the Super Trofeo race. So it's going to be a, quite a task uh, to switch between those two different cars. Billy was talking earlier on about s switching between different GT4 cars, and you know, they all sort of feel similar-ish. But uh, I can't imagine there's much similarity between Lamborghini and the Aston Martin. <laughs> it has a steering wheel. It does. It has four wheels. Yes. Much more than, I suppose it is various other attributes they share perhaps, perhaps but not many no <laughs> no not in performance terms uh, not in dynamic terms i wouldn't have thought very different propositions there it's a couple of cars that uh, haven't turned many laps in this session haven't turned any representative laps is the number 91 uh, van der stur racing tcr entry the hyundai elantra they also the uh, that team also red running flag Aston martin uh, -oh. uh and this the, is for uh, sorry jeremy uh, this is for the Audi that is leading TCR at the moment. Mighty Taylor's gone off at turn 13. That's the exit of the carousel. 
and that was a place 13, that, no, it's uh, one. sorry no that's the, the one before the last yeah. uh, it is still one of the corners that was causing us problems yesterday um, that's why it was imprinted on my memory mm. see if we can get more details on that I can see the safety trucks are rolling from the exit of the carousel which is what I was looking at when I started that that proves that your mouth is led by your eyes and your brain Really, that's, that's turn 13. 30, I, I'm guessing it'll be actually between 13 and turn 14. Yeah. Um, yep. It's not uh, able to spot that, and I can't strain my neck out the window because the windows don't open. Plus, there's a bridge in the way. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm not that good. Sorry, Jeremy, interrupted you there. Oh, yes, I was talking about the Van der Stur racing. Yes, please. They, they also run the num number 19 car in GS, the Aston Martin. They've had some good results this season. And the 91 car, Tyler Maxson, uh, is uh, sharing that car uh, with uh, Brian Ortiz, and they've been fast. This is Brian's 50th race in the Michelin Pilot Challenge this weekend. Uh, but they haven't turned any laps in at number 91 Hyundai. They, I sort of come into the pits early on in the session, and uh, it's done uh, two or three in and out laps, but hasn't yet completed laps. So clearly some difficulties there with that car. Also, the Stephen Cameron racing BMW, car number 43, the orange and blue car. That uh, has only turned one or two laps again, not a flying lap either. So problems for both of those two. Everybody else seems to be uh, have turned at least... 10 laps, so getting some good mileage in. Uh, hearing from Shea, it looks to be an electrical problem for the Van der Steer car, Jeremy. Yeah. They are uh, trying to refettle a, a multi-connector. Use one of those wiring loom connectors. Uh, using one of those um, sticky prongy things that you stick. It's a technical term, that. Yes. Um, Shea's just described it in my ear at Topak as something that would look out of place at a dental surgery. So I kind of know what you mean. Uh, they're, they're trying to reattach some wires into a, a multi-connector by the sounds of things. Uh, we well, wish them luck with that. <sighs> if you've ever had to do those types of jobs on your own cars or on racing cars, you will know what an absolute pain that can be. Uh, Shea is at Winwood looking at their car. Recent winner, of course, for Bryce and the team at uh, uh, doing some great work uh, on the streets of Detroit, wasn't it, Shea? Yeah. What's going on there? Uh, well, part of the car is now not part of the car anymore because they've taken a hacksaw and peeled away the right rear of the bumper. And it's where the exhaust tends to come out. One of the crew members described it to me as it got a little bit hot. Well, it looks like maybe there was some contact there to push it up closer to the exhaust, and that would have caused the carbon to get a little bit hot. But, uh, yeah, there's a, a metal bit as well. That's deformed the wrong way. So it was a little bit of contact. But now they've resolved the issue by taking a good old saw and... Well, just peeling away thousands of dollars worth of carbon. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick Damon, uh, back in the UK, will be delighted to hear uh, Hacksaw being used. His, uh, his checklist for uh, sports car and endurance racing, obviously gaffer tape, uh, using a mobile phone torch, uh, a 10-pound lump hammer, and a hacksaw. Uh, always, uh, always the important things to be using there. £10 lump hammer always useful as well. Uh, waiting to hear more information 
from that car that has stopped. And this is the... Well, we've got a green flag. So whatever was ailing Mikey Taylor's number 17, uh, Audi RS3, uh, has uh, been cleared. And I'm not seeing it back in the pit lane. Shea will keep an eye open for that. Um, and whilst the cars are getting back up to speed, uh, let's go down to Cher, who is uh, with a long-time contributor uh, to our broadcast here on IMSA Radio. Uh, great to have him back in the paddock and particularly in the pit lane. It's Kenton Cook. And Kenton, with one of the best team names of all time, once again this weekend, Rand Vandals Racing. Gotta love this organization and all the little raccoons that you guys have around the place. It's just a great atmosphere being with this team, isn't it? Yeah, there's definitely no trash cannot. There's only trash can. So, yeah, things have been going good today. So, uh, better than expected. Um, you know, always have high expectations. and um, But, uh, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, the car's good. And, yeah, we're... I, faster than I thought we were going to be so it's pretty cool to be in this position and you know hopefully we can do as well as we did last year well yeah I was going to say winning the race last year in a front engine car so you've got the experience in that but how different is the BMW from the Mercedes that you had a year ago yeah they're they're a bit different in the sense that like the BMW feels just a bit heavier uh, than, than the Mercedes did uh, you know the, the Mercedes is like the Miata and, and the BMW is like you know the, the heavier of the two, you know the uh, the, the big heavy girl. But uh, the thing stops really good, uh, and the, the downforce is pretty good in the car. So the high speed uh, grip is is really good. Uh, but uh, yeah, the this new asphalt has a lot of grip, only online. Uh, so I think racing is going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to make for an interesting race, and I'm pretty happy with the Random Vandals car this weekend so far. Now, I know that this is really more of a warm-up for you guys because you're coming back here in a couple weeks. So it's a good track experience. But, of course, you come into every race weekend. You want to win. How much are you going to watch, particularly you, a veteran of the Mazda series, watch the racing in the MX-5 Cup, the Lamborghini Super Trofeo, even WeatherTech, to try and learn about racing on this new surface before you go do it yourself? You know, you bring up a really good point. I've been watching pretty much every single race I could here uh, since this new asphalt has laid, been laid down from the Trans Am series to the the Porsche Cup Series, to just even SCCA race weekends. And uh, been studying my, my butt off to try to figure out how to get around people here and how to defend and make the, the best use of the track surface that we have uh, that we have going on today. And the, the track is evolving and changing as we're going, so the line is getting a little bit wider, but, you know, it's still relatively narrow to the point where, you know, you make one mistake, uh, offline is not good. Well, hey, good luck this weekend. Enjoy every second of it. I know you will. Thanks. I look forward to getting up in the box there on one of the MX-5 Cup races. Yeah. <laughs> Always great insight from Kenton Cook. Down to the last 13 and a half minutes. Whether you're here at trackside or further afield, hello to everybody, and particularly to the hardworking uh, team PR representatives, whether they're here or further afield we really appreciate all the additional information that we get from you here on IMSA Radio it is essential and thank you very much to all of you as I say whether you're here or working remotely as many of you do nowadays helping us tell the stories 
from the different teams and getting the facts, uh, as well as making drivers and team members available to us either here in the booth or to Shea in the pit or paddock area, an integral part of what we do to uh, what we do on our broadcasts. Often the uh, forgotten individuals uh, of the backroom staff reminding me as I walked in this morning through the media centre here of just how much work is going on behind the scenes both here at the track and uh, remotely nowadays. At IMSA Radio, of course, if you want to get in touch with us. Middle of the afternoon in the UK and Europe. Big day for Mission and Pilot Challenge today. Another practice plus qualifying to come. We'll have that for you. Coming up next, I get the popcorn and the edge of the seat. <laughs> it's in a bit too Mazda MX-5 coming next. And Cher and I are going to take a deep breath as soon as we finish uh, this particular session because it is not going to slow down at all for that race. Always entertaining around here. And if the pack running that we saw yesterday in qualifying is anything to go by, and it is, you'll not want to miss that. And just a, a note to everyone in the... Uh, IMSA WeatherTech paddock and the IMSA Pilot Challenge paddock. Um, now's the time to get to your to your screens because I know all the drivers and team members like to have a, a debrief with that on in the background. Not sure how much work is going on at that point. Right, Jeremy, 11 minutes to go in this, the first outing for IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge this weekend. Uh, the 43 BMW, still the car that has... Uh, not uh, been out. No, I think it's done another in and out, or yeah. out and in, I should say. But the, the good news is the number 91 car just uh, flashed past here, looked ah. to be, uh, right up to speed. That's the Elantra. So, yeah, Tyler Maxson's at the wheel of that car at the moment. He's completed his seventh lap oh. for his first flying lap. I see a flash of black, red, uh, black, yellow and white, which tells me that Mikey Taylor's Audi is back in the pit lane and the left-hand side of it looked perfect. So can't tell you what that issue was for him, but the class-leading TCI this session, 21st overall, with, what, four GSs uh, behind him. Uh, that car's back on the pit lane. Yes. So looks to be going... Do you know, I, I always forget that I should bring my binoculars here so I can see the very end of pit lane. think it's gone to its pit stall hasn't gone back out on the track yet but has come out from back behind the wall which is where it was recovered to earlier on Owen Trinkler with a new fastest lap for the number 64 Aston Martin Vantage 216-269 for Team TGM Matt Plum just going out in the 46 car yeah, the good news is that's only a couple of tenths away from that record mm. bad news is um, the other guys have gone more than a second faster than the back lap record, but still, as you say, you know, getting up to speed in that car. That's car's 16th lap. I think Ted Giovannis was driving it for most of the session. Owen gets an opportunity to jump in at the end and put some laps together. That uh, lap by Mikey Taylor, uh, as you say, re remains fastest in TCR, 217.6. That's a full two seconds faster 
than the lap record for qualifying for TCR, mm. and the race lap record, which is another second slower than that. So remarkable lap by Mikey, but not running again. And he's the he's the, apart from Gregory Leofuge and the Stephen Cameron racing BMW, which hasn't turned a representative lap. Mikey Taylor's TCR Audi is the only fly in the ointment for, as far as John Heinlove is, is concerned because uh, there are a couple of TCRs, a couple of GS cars, excuse me, between the TCR leader and the entire rest of the pack mm. in TCR, which are covered by not very much at all. Steve Ike, uh, is, oh, I think it was Chad Gilsinger who set the time actually in the number 89 uh, Hart Honda of America racing team. Oh, good for him. Uh, Honda, great to see that car back again. Yes. Here they do a handful of races each season based at the Marysville plant in uh, Ohio. And you might think it's a, a factory team. Well, it, it is a factory team, but in the, in the literal sense of the word, because the guys all work at the factory. It's not factory supported in, in any way, funding wise, in, in any way uh, at all. Uh, it's, a, it's purely an effort to put together by a bunch of the engineers and, and race car enthusiasts at Honda's uh, manufacturing plant in uh, Marysville, Ohio. And they, they, uh, this is their third race of the season, I think it is, for that team. And uh, always good to see them in action. And uh, this is one of their It's a great project events. when you think about it. They're doing, effectively doing this in, in their free time, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, this is their fourth race of the season. And the, the bad news for them, or the good news for them, is next year... That series will be going back, I think, uh, to the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Is Bishop Pilot, Pilot challenges the headline. It is, that's exactly right. Yeah. So that's, that, that, that'll, that'll have gone down extremely well in uh, Marysville. I think I actually, when it was announced at one o'clock yesterday, I heard a woo and a hoo from the, uh, ah, yes. the vicinity of their trailer. Uh, the the uh, big uh, links between Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course and Honda uh, down through the years of course and talking to a few people yesterday uh, it is it has been my and a number of other people's um, submission that pilot challenge should headline at least one race weekend each year and and give them a a go in in the spotlight we have seen different uh, classes having their moments in the sun Uh, but I think the full pilot challenge grid of you know getting on for 40 cars that's going to look absolutely yeah. fabulous and the circuit at mid-ohio perfect for the gt4s yeah. and the tcr cars yeah. always race as well does doesn't it yeah it's tremendous fun uh, to drive around there as well it's a it's a, it's a really challenging track in these sort of cars and uh, a lot of fun it'll be it that will be an exciting race a couple of improvements there towards the uh, we're inside the last six minutes now christian shimjak the championship leader just moved up uh, several positions, up to seventh place in the in the class in car number uh, 72. Turned to two minutes 15.3, so within half a second of the front runners. Also, Matt Plum in the second of the team TGM cars. You talked about Owen Trinkler making an improvement last time around. Well, Matt Plum has just done the same in number 46. It's Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adams joined us in the Global Broadcast Centre. I almost got run over by Hugh Plum because he <laughs> came back out from behind the wall. And uh, as he was rejoining the pit lane, well, I was... In the car, I presume, not it, just him yes. himself. No, that, yeah. that would be much less intimidating than an Aston Martin GT4. Um, but I don't know. Hugh's a big lad. He's he, tall. He's, he's, yeah, former football player. Yeah. 
Um, but no, the the car was coming back out from behind the wall, and then a couple seconds later was when the 17 reappeared for uh, Unitronic. So both of those cars coming back from the garage area at about the same time. And Gregory Leofush to turn the representative lap in the Stephen Camera Racing BMW for Hurrah. the first time. So uh, well done to him. He's, he immediately moves himself ahead of Chris Miller and uh, and Mikey Taylor in the TCR leading car, which it looks like now is back out on the racetrack. Yes, it has gone back out, Jeremy. At the Absolutely wheel, yeah. right. Quick spin uh, for the number 74. That was at turn number six and has continued the Hyundai Elantra of Jordan Wisely. Yeah, Jordan's an interesting character. He's uh, met him last night. He's a, a f- he's a bit of a star of social media again I think and sort of film producer director actor you name it he's a bit of a jack of all trades but a super enthusiast and as uh, as part of his business he did a a uh, do some work with Hyundai and he was down at Daytona doing some filming for them and had really didn't really know anything about r- racing at that stage and got hooked on it uh, and met up with the with the Daily team, went to the test with them in Oklahoma. And coincidentally, he ir- is originally from Oklahoma, lives now in Los Angeles, but he's uh, he's based in uh, he's originally from about twenty minutes away from where the team is based uh, in Oklahoma, and uh, he's done what, four or five races this season now, loving it, gradually gaining experience and in speed as well. So uh, really interesting character. That's Jordan Wisely driving at number seventy four car for Daily Motorsport. People are beginning to push on now, seeing one or two more little whoopsies out on the circuit. The Audi RS3 uh, LMS of Eric Rockwell and the Rockwell Auto Developments car just having a momentary off-track incident. But again, no harm, no foul. So just the one very brief interruption for that number 17 Unitronics Chris Miller car. Down at uh, turn 13. That car didn't look damaged on the left-hand side to us, Shares. It went past you, no problem on the other side? So Nothing on the right, nothing on the front, nothing on the rear. Right, so something technical. I'm glad between the, t- the three the of us we, we could we figure s- out the car was okay. So most of, most of the car couldn't see underneath. Down to the last two and a half minutes then of this oh. first free fra- practice session. <laughs> and Liddell is back in the 71 and just Uh-oh, did hello. the fastest overall third sector. He was not kidding when he said he's pushing like crazy. Um, and that's translated into the fastest overall first sector of his next lap. Needs to find only two tenths to be top of the pile. It's the BMW's holding sway at the moment. 92, Paul Sparter has just pitted that car. And Vin Barletta in the 96 Turner car. Then Anton Diaz Pereira in the 27 Mercedes. Then Robin Liddell. Let's see what his... Middle sector is like needs to be somewhere under 83 seconds mm. to be competitive if he's going to make that jump to the top. Cameron Lawrence is on a better lap too as well, John. So uh, BMW is trying to go one, two, three. Cameron's done personal best in the first and second sectors. Um, Paul Sparta brought the car into the pit lane. They did a practice pit stop with Kenton Cook, the practice driver change, and it has stayed in its spot. Now starts to roll again, but I think that might be Kenton taking it back to the garage with a minute and 19 seconds to go. Robin's not going to improve this time around, but Cameron Lawrence does, and it is indeed a 1-2-3 for BMW, as predicted by Shea. 2.15 flat there. 
So fully a tenth of a second between the top three at the moment, and then another tenth of a second back to Anton Diaz Pereira for Mercedes 27 in fourth. Then the Camaro. Robin will get to the line to start another lap. That was a good second sector from Robin. Not Actually, overall fastest, but decent. I was looking on the wrong line. You are absolutely right. Um, I said it had to be under 83 seconds. It was under 83 seconds. Timing just a little bit tardy on the screen in front of me at the moment. I think that was Robin just going through there. Let's see if we get the update. There he, there, there he goes now. 2.15.1 is that car's best, but it's not enough to move him uh, higher than fourth position in this first free practice session. Two tenths separating the top four. Three BMWs, Jeremy. Um, a Mercedes and a Camaro. Top five, excuse me. Two tenths uh, uh, separating those. Yeah, prodigious speed on the straights, particularly the BMW seem to have. As the checkered flag waves on this session. Uh, it's still that time set by Kenton Cook then re that remains fastest. Two minutes, 14.925. Uh, the uh, the qualifying lap record at 216.0, so 1.1 seconds faster than that. He's just a Nats whisker faster than Robbie Foley in kind of a 96 for Turner Motorsport. And then, as we just heard, Cameron Lawrence moving up to third position in the sister Turner Motorsport BMW. It's kind of a 95. Then the fastest Mercedes is the Lone Star Racing, kind of a 27. That was Scott Andrews who set that time just ahead of Robin Liddell in the Rebel Rock Chevrolet Camaro. Checkered flag is out in TCR. John. Ah, beautiful now. <laughs> Top 24 are blue GS numbers. And then we have the 14 yellow TCRs. Chris Miller heads that. He's back out on the circuit. He's going to improve his time that he set before he had that issue, which brought out a brief red flag. So it's uh, Audi from the 89 Hart Honda and Steve Hike in second place then Mike Lamara in third for the 37 LA Honda World Car first of the Hyundais is the number 33 in the hands of Robert Wiggins yeah, he's just improved and he move up there <coughs> St stayed in stayed in his position but improved his time as Jeremy rightly says Robin Liddell with the fastest middle sector of anybody so he just improved to a 2.15.1. That didn't move him up from fifth. He's in with a shout here. He was a nuts away, just a whisker away from the best first sector time. And he's three tenths quicker. And he goes to the top. And he takes three quarters of a second out of the field. Wow. Robin Liddell proving the speed in the Camaro in its final outing and speed in the Scotsman too as he bumps the BMWs, the bow ties on top ahead of the Munich propeller. Three of those to Mercedes, Aston, Porsche, Mercedes, BMW and Porsche in the top ten. And in TCR, it's Audi, Honda, Honda, Hyundai, Hyundai. Alpha for the top six, separated by just on half a second. Wow. Very, very tight indeed. That was exciting, Jeremy. And uh, not sure um, not sure what that proves, other than that Robin Liddell is, uh, is still very quick and that Camaro is still very quick, Jeremy. 
excuse me, I'm presuming he put on a fresh set of tyres towards the end of that session because otherwise it's, uh, it's not close. But uh, that was a heck of a lap by Robin, that's for sure. Uh, two minutes, 14.1, wow. Uh, that, is, uh, that is flying around here and he will be absolutely thrilled with that. Uh, good to see Chris Miller got that car back out again uh, as well, Jeremy. Didn't improve on the time, but we'll have to dig in in the intervening time to find out what happened with that car, but didn't seem to have any damage when it stopped at the bottom of the hill. No, it didn't, did it? And it was able to turn some laps at the end of the session as well. So whatever it was, they were able to get sorted and get that car back out. Just what they need. And they've got one more uh, practice session a little bit later this afternoon. Just looking down, Toyota in 13th, Ford Mustang in 12th, McLaren in 11th. So pretty much all, yeah, all the manufacturers in the, in the top 13 uh, out there at the moment. But BMW with uh, four of the top 10, uh, Porsche with a couple in the top 10, Aston with one in the top 10, but the one at the top of the top 10 here, that Chevrolet Camaro. Interesting words from Robin Littell in that session that they're going to, dip their tour into GT3 next season. Not sure with what manufacturer yet, but there are five long races to do next year, but still seems as though their heart is very much here in GT4 in Michelin Pilot as well. Yeah, and as, as you said, as long as Frank wants to be racing, we're going to find something to race. So that's the important thing, and uh, Frank Depew has to be happy after that performance from his car, his team, and his driver, flash driver coach at the end of the session. I'm also very impressed. Shout out to Hart. P2 in TCR after a long time away for Steve Ike and Chad Gilsinger. That's a really strong opening gambit. Yeah, and uh, I think think Robin might have given us a little bit of an exclusive there, by the way, so we might follow that up with him later on as as to what's doing. Uh, I I can't remember really... which TCR car has an, an advantage around here, if any, Jeremy? Is it a particular Honda track or an Audi track? Or a, I mean, everywhere was a Hyundai track a couple of seasons ago. Sure. The Alphas won here the last two years on the track. Oh, there you go. That's the answer to the question. Sitting in fifth, sixth position at the moment. But the fastest race lap was set by a Honda. So, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, that, well, in, in fairness, that... Uh, uh, that tells you all you need to know about uh, Mission and Pilot Challenge. Yeah, wide open. Uh, why, <laughs> wide open in both classes. All 38 cars making a, uh, making an appearance uh, in that session. Top 24 are the GS cars, headed by Robin Liddell and the Rebel Rock Camaro. Some three quarters of a second ahead of the rest of the field. The next three quarters of a second, by the way, uh, takes you down from second which is the first of BMWs, the number 92 car. Uh, and uh, that would take you all the way down to Luca Mars in 12th uh, in the number 59 Ford Mustang. That tells you the kind of uh, advantage that perhaps a new set of Michelins and Robin Liddell in his pomp around here will give you. As far as TCR is concerned, Audi from two Hondas, nice and tight at the top of the field. It's Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam, and me, John Heintoff. Uh, we're going to take a very quick breather because coming up next is our first race of the weekend. It is Edomitsu Mazda MX-5. Whilst we take a breath, it'll be Eric and the team next door to us here who just remind you what's going on for the rest of the weekend here at America's National Park of Speed. IMSA Radio, back live in just a couple of minutes' time. 
This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.